Good morning. We're wrapping up the Lives and Letters series of messages this morning, and I've really enjoyed the series. I hope you have too, and I hope it's been a help to you. I've noticed as we've been making a bridge from the first century Christ followers to our world that it's a very short bridge because they were going through many of the same kinds of things that we deal with today. For instance, Christ followers then were facing sweeping persecution, and right now we're facing a sweeping pandemic. In today's message, what we're going to do is find a source of unfailing love to draw from, like getting water from a well that we can use to pour out that love to other people. And it's a love that takes the edge off our fears. If we learn to tap into it and if we trust it, trust God who is the source of the love, then it really takes the edge off of our fears. To do this, though, that love has to be built on a foundation of faith, which the Apostle John has, and he shares with us. He shows us how to tap into God's love. Today, we're going to read parts of the letter that he wrote. John was one of Jesus' closest friends on earth. Peter, James, and John were considered the inner circle of Jesus' followers, and they, they all watched the entire life of Jesus, his entire ministry life, unfold before their very eyes. This is what it says in 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This is how he introduces the letter. And his point is that myself and the other disciples, the other apostles, we are eyewitnesses of Jesus' ministry. And we have become, you find out, that they have become completely convinced that Jesus is God. Today is Palm Sunday. It's the day that we remember and celebrate the beginning of the week when Jesus was crucified. Uh, the adoration at the beginning of the week quickly turned to crucifixion at the end of the week. And what you see in the gospel story, the narrative the history of this is John was a loyal friend of Jesus to the end. He stood at the foot of the cross during Jesus' crucifixion with his mother, Jesus' mother Mary, and I'm sure he was completely dejected as that scene was playing out before him, as he realized that his hopes were dashed. But then he was completely elated, I'm sure, by the resurrection. And he became convinced that Jesus was God in that moment if he wasn't already convinced. The resurrection convinced him. John was a major figure in launching the Christian movement. He was a leader in the church at Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey. And uh, the Ephesus is in Asia Minor, and he led all of the churches in this whole region. And his commitment to Christ was evident 
It was seen in his willingness to die for him. At one point, John was cast into a cauldron of boiling oil and miraculously survived. After that, after this miracle, the history books tell us that the Roman emperor Domitian banished him to the Isle of Patmos, where he wrote the book of Revelation. He's the only apostle who escaped a violent death, but was clearly willing to die for his faith in Christ. A major theme of 1 John, the book we're looking at today, is love. And it's a love for God that translates into a love for others, a practical love for others. The Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, the love of Christ controls us because we are convinced that one has died for all. John and the other apostles were convinced that Jesus died for all, and therefore they were willing to pour themselves out the same kind of love for the people in their life to the point of death. In their life, in the apostles' example, and in John's example, we see this truth at work. Our beliefs weave themselves into our everyday lives. What we believe about reality directs the way we live our lives and how much we love the people around us. To the extent we're convinced of God's love for us displayed on the cross, we love others with the same kind of love. There's another underlying purpose of John's letter, and it was to combat a a common heresy in the first century called Gnosticism. This heresy began to pick up steam and infect churches toward the end of the first century and on into the second and third century where it really picked up some steam. The interesting thing about the Gnostics, which it's still very much alive today, uh, they recognized Jesus' divinity. They believed he was God, but they taught that he wasn't fully human. And that, that's the problem. The book, The Da Vinci Code, you may remember that book, or, or the movie that it was based, that was based on that book. That book, The Da Vinci Code, and the movie is based on Gnostic beliefs. Gnostic teaching is still very much alive today, as I said, and it lines up with Plato's philosophy. Like Plato, the Gnostics thought that the realm of the spirit, the ideal, Plato would say, was much more real than the real, the realm of the flesh, than the flesh. So they made a sharp distinction between the two realms. And the problem is, If we don't believe that Jesus was fully human, we're robbed of the comfort and power of the incarnation, of him becoming one of us. He came to earth to be the only God who has experienced all that we human beings go through. He stepped into our world full of viruses and trouble to identify with our temptations, our pain. And our suffering. There is a tremendous amount of comfort and power in that, knowing that our God stepped into our world so that he could identify with us. There's, there's some help there 
knowing that we can go to him and he understands what we're going through. Our beliefs weave themselves into our everyday lives. That's something you see here in this letter. And they should guide our actions, our decisions, and our interactions with others. In his letter, John shows how knowing the real Jesus impacts how we live and how we love. This is a really important point. 1 John 2, 4 says, Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. The test of truth in us here is that it shows up in our life. It shows up in the way we live. Our beliefs weave themselves into our everyday lives. And if, if we do what the Gnostics do and separate our everyday life from our spiritual life, we will talk in one way and we will walk in a completely different way. And that's living a lie. John introduces a handful of very specific tests that are truth tests to know whether or not we're walking the talk, and love is the key to passing those tests. Here's one of those tests in 1 John 2, 5 through 6. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. But by this we may know that we are in him Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. John is saying that Jesus' life is the pattern to follow. You may remember a campaign in the 90s that was called, What Would Jesus Do? There were bracelets uh, that went with the campaign to remind you to ask the question, uh, every day, all day, what would Jesus do in this particular situation? This is a question that we should ask in every situation. It was a really good campaign. The short answer is what Jesus would do is he would love the people right there in front of us. He would love them, and that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to show love to them. I like to take a brief comedy break and listen to a part of a comedy routine by a comedian named Michael Jr. And in this clip, he's talking about Jesus' little brother, James. Let's have some fun with this. James had problems. He would go to his parents with his problems. And you know what they would say? He'd be like, well, what would Jesus do? You know? <laughs> then they gave him a bracelet. They gave him a bracelet. And... Um, and he started selling those bracelets. You know? Made some money selling bracelets. What would be cool is a what would James do bracelet, right? Same initials, different meaning. Completely different meaning. You're driving down the street, you get cut off in traffic. You fuss him out, your pastor's going to be like, yo, you got a what would Jesus do bracelet on? You're like, uh-uh, that's what would James do. <laughs> um... What would James do comes naturally to us. And I think James would say the same thing. He actually became a major leader in the church as well, which is a testament to the divinity, the godhood of Jesus Christ himself. What would James do comes naturally 
But Christ followers aim to walk the same way that Jesus would walk in this life. John gives us several tests that we can use to evaluate whether we're walking Jesus' way. And I'm only going to be able to cover a couple of those in this, in this message. But test number one, do I love others like Jesus did? Look at John, 1 John 3, uh, 10 through 11. It says, by this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. This is the heart of what we're called to do as Christ followers. Christ followers are commanded to love one another, and there's a, an added benefit to following that command. Turning your heart outward frees you up from fear. And here's how I've experienced this. I sensed a call to ministry at the age of 14. And at the time, I was very shy. And almost immediately, I realized that I'm going to need to be doing funeral services. And frankly, that that scared me. Because I I could not imagine my shy self standing in a room full of grieving people and saying anything, much less something that could really, really help them and comfort them. And I prayed about this, and my first, sure enough, my first funeral service came up, and I needed to do it. I, I needed to try to bring comfort to people in that setting, and I was um, praying over this, and I suddenly realized what God came back to me with is, Randy, it's not about you. It's about me working through you, me communicating the truth through you, and bringing comfort to the people that are there in that room. And that freed me up from my fear. Hey, I took my eyes off of myself and quit worrying about me and I began to uh, focus on the people I was trying to help. That freed me up from my fears. It's, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about showing the love of Christ to everyone around us in very practical ways. 1 John 4, 18 and 19 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. God is the source of love. He's the originator of it. He came up with the concept. He came up with the reality. And he is the source of love. And he wants his people to do what's loving in the moment to those around us. And here are some practical ways that we can show love uh, to others right now. First of all, don't judge others for being too afraid, in your opinion, or not afraid enough of what's going on right now. Uh, there's such a wide 
spectrum of responses to uh, our situation, the COVID virus, COVID-19 virus. And so I want to tell you, don't look down on others for the way they're responding. There's we're, we're responding out of our history, out of our background, out of our understanding of things. And we shouldn't look down on others and damage them if they're struggling with fear over this. And we shouldn't look down on them if they're not having fear, uh, enough fear, in our opinion. But instead, we should take the time to listen, to show compassion, and pray for the people who are hurting and struggling in this time. Uh, another way to love people practically is to take care of those who are nearby. Um, reject the every man for themselves uh, panic and draw on God's love to meet the needs that you can meet. Show you care by sharing and look for ways to encourage. Here's another fun video a friend texted me this week. Let's watch it together. Because of coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined, but you have a choice. Do you A, quarantine with your wife and child, or B, B. 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 Now, you may find that funny or, or maybe not so much, but if we love our families, men, we will engage and pour out for our wives and kids right now. If they're at home, if, if the kids are still at home, we won't check out. Option A is Jesus' way. And so we need to trust him, draw on the source of his love, and be there for our kids and families, or for any people that we're around right now, any of the others folks that are in our lives. we Another way that we can show practical love is to extend ideas and resources for others. One thing I really appreciated about Life Church in Oklahoma was that they made, immediately they made an online platform available that they had developed for free for churches who would be going online for the very first time. And I've, I've loved seeing all of the sharing that's been going on uh, on how to use the time well right now since we're could be getting bored. Um, people sharing their best ideas to benefit others. And I want to encourage you in all the sharing, don't get caught up in comparison and jealousy. Because scripture says there is no wisdom in that. Don't offer ideas to one-up one another or to get likes and shares. I, I like that. I like getting likes and shares. Um, but that's, that's the wrong motivation for putting stuff on social media. So share ideas to help. Don't, don't do that. Test number two is this. Do I sacrifice for others even when it's inconvenient. First John uh, 3, 16 through 18 says this, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Do you see someone in need right now? Maybe their need is physical. 
Maybe it's emotional, something spiritual. If you have what they need, share it. Jesus would, and he'd want you to do just that. He'd want you to show love by sharing what they need. All people matter to God. And whenever you sacrifice for others, it pleases him. When you wall your heart off to others, it grieves him. John says a willingness to sacrifice is a test of God's love in us. And as I wrap up this message, I want to encourage you to take a few minutes and reflect and respond right now. Uh, Take an inventory of the people around you, their needs. You may need to take some more time later today uh, or tomorrow to do the full inventory. But I want to encourage you, we've given some space to answer some questions in your listening guide. You'll find the space there. And we'll give you some time here as I'm walking through it to answer the questions. But basically, the the question is, what do others, those right around you, need right now? Is it physical, emotional, spiritual? What do they need right now? And then I'd encourage you to write the name of the person, the people in your family maybe, or the people that you work with occasionally, that you talk to uh, as life's flowing through. Write their name, write the who, and then what you think they need. And then ask God to help you meet that need. As, as life goes along. So take some time now maybe to jot down the names, uh, but you'll probably need more time later on to really think that through. I hope this message has been a help to you. I, I want to share, as always, some next steps that you could consider taking. Uh, first of all, my next step today is to read the letter of First John. It's a short book. You could read it this week. And I'd like to encourage you to take the time to read 1 John on your own and identify the other tests that John lays out. Then trust God as you apply those tests, as you think about those tests, ask God to speak to you, and respond to him as you step out to show love and do what Jesus said in his word through John. And then a second next step would be to look for ways to show love to your family and friends in practical ways. Uh, Turning your heart outward gets your mind off yourself and your fears. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth that's in your word. It really does set us free from fear, from uh, just any, any struggles we have. And you, Lord, give us the power to apply it to our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would, you would help us to take the next steps that you have laid on our heart to take through this message, that you would Continue to empower us to please you in the way that we love the people around us. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.